Hey friends, can't wait till Wednesdays to get your Modern Mamas fixed. Join us on Patreon. You can choose your tier and when you subscribe, you'll get bonus content, early access to retreat, first peeks at new swag, plus shout outs and even real time monthly virtual hangs with us. Visit patreon.com forward slash modern mamas podcast to check it out and support the podcast. It truly means the world to us. We are so grateful for you and for this community. I love mama. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Modern Mamas podcast. We are two modern mamas here to inspire empowerment, self-love, deep physical and spiritual nourishment, holistic health, open minds, and joy, no matter your journey or perspective. I'm Laura of Radical Roots. I'm a certified CrossFit trainer, certified nutrition consultant, and mama to Evie Wilder and Indy Bow. I love outdoor adventure, good food, especially sourdough, and mindful movement. And I'm Jess of Hold the Space Wellness. I'm a level one CrossFit trainer, athletic trainer with a master's in kinesiology, Enneagram coach, and mama to Bear and Camille. I'm passionate about helping people become the best versions of themselves. Please note that while we're here to provide advice and insights, we aren't medical practitioners and always recommend that you check with a trusted provider before implementing any changes. Thanks for joining us. We're so happy you're here. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Modern Mamas podcast. It's Laura and Jess. It's bright and early in all parts of the world. I, well, no, that's not, that's not even remotely it's accurate. It's not even bright. <laughs> no, first of all, no. Second of all, it's not even bright here yet. It is pitch black. <laughs> it is early in this part of the world. That's what I'll say. Yes. Early, early. It's yeah. 624 here. I went for a walk yesterday. I tweaked my neck this week, and mm. so... Just a number. It's been a. It's been an interesting week coming out of. I went to the CrossFit gymnastics seminar and it was like I felt like I was hose blasted with information and like so much strict strength gymnastics work. But it didn't feel like I was working out. Mm-hmm. But really, I was. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I was like, I'm gonna jump right back into my rhythms, like to the gym, to the coffee shop, work so much and mom and and then Tuesday morning I went to the gym I probably should have rested I was very very sore and you know it's a reminder mm-hmm. to practice what I preach and tune in anyways tweaked my neck. What were you doing? I did some of the, like, I was doing some eccentric chest bar pull-up stuff, like, you know, strength building. And mm-hmm. then I just went in and like, typically if I'm feeling sore and I still want to move, I'll just do some like sled work, maybe some farmer's carry, some light deadlifts just to kind of move. Mm-hmm. But I think it was the eccentric pull-up work that I should not have done because I probably needed like a few days away from that stuff since mm-hmm. I was so sore. And then like the first deadlift, I was like, huh. And it was light, but it just, my neck. So I think my traps were compensating. So my lats were fatigued. And yeah, so it's just like, it, and, and also I get this same thing when I, it's like a combination of yes, the physical, but also when I'm stressed a little stressed bit and overwhelmed and yeah. like Rusty's leaving this weekend for a seminar. And it's just like, there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And if I don't slow down and take time to like tune into that and actually slow down, my body forces me to. It's oh. always the same spot in my upper back. And then Indy has a cold. She got a cold while we were in Vancouver. And I, I'm like definitely on the cusp. Like I've got, I'm sorry, you guys are going to hear probably some like phlegm situation. Just like barely there, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of tender, soft palate, a little bit of tickle in the back of my nose, a little bit of snot, but not a ton. And I'm like, I could, it could really go either mm-hmm. way right mm-hmm. now. What are, you lo- what are you loading up on right now to try and... So Are much you, Paleo Valley vitamin C because yeah. I really, I really found that I prefer the like real food based vitamin C's mm-hmm. like the liposomal uh, ones. And so I'm taking like 
nine a day. And then the Paleo Valley organ complex, just like, you know, I take it all the time, but mm-hmm. I've added like the things that are different are just more vitamin C. I'm trying to drink a ton of water with my trace minerals in it. And then a lot of tea all day long, especially the blend that my midwife recommended when I was pregnant because it's just so nutritive and restoring. And then NAC in the mornings, I'm adding that in probiotic, which I don't, after talking a lot with the tiny health folks, I don't take that every day, but like when I'm sick, I'll kind of boost it a little Mm -hmm. bit. Extra magnesium lotion and then all my wish garden tinctures, like the cold one, the immune one, their new elderberry syrup, which is delicious. Just trying to, and then also just like trying to just like sit down in the mm-hmm. middle of the day every day mm-hmm. and like watch 20 minutes of a show. Cause I'm finding that that really helps me just to like disengage, unwind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let my brain rest a little yeah. bit. I think my brain needs more rest than my, my brain is so tired. So mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Evie and I, every night, one of our little rituals when I lay with her is for her, she always says like, what's your monster? And I think I said this on here already, yeah. but like, you know, and so last night she's like, what's your monster? And I was like, it felt like my brain was literally empty. I was like, I can't come up with a monster right now. <laughs> Just so tired. So anyways, I'm doing okay. It's, and so where I was going with that is yesterday I went for a walk instead of the gym. And it was like 7.45. And it's like still pretty dark out. Mm. I'm like, okay. I can feel the shift happening, especially I notice it more in the evenings. Like it's mm-hmm. staying light a little later. Mm-hmm. But I'm ready for longer days already. And it's only January. Help me. Yeah. I, I feel you. I... It's shifting here for sure as well. Like, I feel like the sunrise is getting, I don't know, maybe not earlier. I don't know. It just feels like my walk from the gym, like the light is shifting. Like I feel Mm -hmm. I've been going to the gym around like six, six fifteen, and then coming back around like seven, seven fifteen. And so, yeah, things are shifting. It's going to, it's just right around the corner, friend. It is. Yeah. And we have so much, like we're going to California. I get to see you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then there's like something every single month all the way till July when we go to Germany to see my sister for her wedding and her and her husband, I guess, their <laughs> celebration of their wedding mm-hmm. four years ago. And so I just, I feel like, I don't feel like I have, like last year was a little tougher because kind of fitting for the conversation today, like transitioning to two and having a newborn all winter, it was harder to do stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But this year we have something planned like every single month, some sort of, even if it's like a little bit of a staycation. And so that feels, that feels really nice. I don't feel I've, like mental health is good. Just as long as I can remember to slow down and I have therapy next week, which I'm really looking forward to and you know, all that. So I just one one main thing. So today we're going to talk about like transitioning to two kids. Cause we've gotten that question a number of times, like how that transition went mm-hmm. for us, what it was like, we're going to kind of let the conversation go organically. But one thing I was thinking about this morning, I was making my coffee. I'm like, I don't know if it's just coincidental with the season of our life or if it is because we switched to two, but I feel like since the moment we had Indy, time has sped up exponentially. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a, like a more than one kid thing, but holy smokes. Did you notice that? I'm trying to think. Cause I mean, it's been, we've had two kids for over six years now. And I'm like, how was that initial transition? You know, when Cami was born, there was a lot going on. Like we had started the podcast and, you know, I was working full time and then, you know, working on side hustle stuff and yes, yes, I think yes. So we're in a similar boat when Indy joined our world, Rusty started his like 40 hour work week job. Not long after that, she was like a month and a half. And then, you know, I'm working part-time for CrossFit, but those hours have been racking up and, and doing like the, you know, the sourdough stuff has like taken off way more over the past year. <laughs> and there's just a lot, a lot going on in our world. And it's not bad. I don't feel, 
I guess the big thing for me is I'm glad I did a lot of the, like the mental health work and mindfulness work that I have in the past because I don't feel, I don't look back like her first birthday was super reflective for me. Mm-hmm. And I was actually looking up to it worried like, Oh man, I'm going to look back and be like, where did it all go? I missed it. But I, I do not feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's been fast, but mm-hmm. I do feel like I've, you You're know, present in I'm, every for step the, of yeah. for the most part, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, I, I'm not perfect, but, and so, you know, now really also tuning into like how present am I being also with Evie? And, mm-hmm. and I think that's been one of the biggest challenges moving to two is just the, the divvying up of time. And, oh man, I feel like I need more hours in the day. You yeah. Know? Well, it's also, it's like, there's just one, I mean, logistically there's one more tiny human that needs mm-hmm your attention time love affection like everything that you have to give this other tiny human also needs like you know and so it's like you have it you have it in you like I think there's always or for me I'll just speak from personal experience there's this question when we were deciding should we just jump in yeah let's do it for us the big decision about because our my first my first pregnancy experience was amazing I had a great, active, healthy, wonderful pregnancy. Now, and most of you know, if you've listened to my birth story, like my delivery was quite tr- like traumatizing. And it was hard. We were in the NICU. I had significant like vaginal damage and all this stuff. Like, nothing's TMI here, I feel like. But lots of work post-delivery on my my health, like severe diastasis that I still, you know, deal with on a daily basis, like postpartum depression and anxiety. I mean, you name it, like we kind of like went through the gamut on, on everything that you could probably deal with, like poor feeding issues and, you know, gosh, sleep, sleep disruption. It was like, just like very, very difficult. We had a kiddo with reflux, silent reflux. We had, it was just like, it was a lot. It was a lot. And so it took us, you know, Bear was two, two and a half before, like between when he was born and the time we started kind of having even going near the conversation of having another one. Like I was like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I am not ready like at all. And so when we started kind of having that conversation around when Bear was two, he had just stopped nursing. You know, I was kind of feeling like I was coming out of this fog feeling like I was getting a little bit more space to breathe and I can imagine like potentially having more energy and time and and all that to give to another tiny human but it took a long time and even when we were like okay I think in my heart both well if if it was up to Tim we would have like 10 children (laughs) like if he could birth them and nurse them and all of that and we had unending funds we would have a huge family. He comes from a pretty big family too. So I think that kind of like colors his experience. But for me to get there, I I knew I didn't want to just have one kiddo, even despite everything that we had been through. Like I knew in my heart, it was like somehow, whether it's through adoption or like some other form, I knew that there was another kiddo for us out there somewhere. (laughs) I didn't know if it was mine or what, what have you, but it just took me a long time to be ready, mostly because I felt, and this is going to sound very dramatic, but I know there are people out there that can relate. I felt catastrophically depleted after like the whole delivery and like first two years of life experience. And it's not to say that there was not tremendous amounts of joy 
and just like, oh my gosh, this is motherhood. It's amazing. It's wonderful. It's also, it took me a long, long time to adjust from being a solo person and like our, our marriage with each other and like getting to have the freedom to do all these things. It took me a long time to adjust to not necessarily having that freedom. And I know some people, you know, when their kiddos are first born, it's their first kid. It's such a, it, it seems like it's a much easier transition. But for us, I'm just being 100% honest, or for me, it was really, really hard. So there's all, there was all these like, will I be able to do it? Am I going to like really catastrophically deplete myself if I, if I, we have another kiddo? Like, will I be able to manage it? Will my marriage be okay? Like, you know, th- there's a lot of these like question marks going into it. And then we decided we were going to just try and see what happened. And we got, we got pregnant fairly quickly. And it was in that moment. Well, I'll fast forward a little bit. We got pregnant and it was joyful. I felt joy. I was like, oh, this is great. Like, I'm so excited. And in that moment, I knew, okay, this is really what I want to do. Like, I'm ready for this. Like, I feel joy. Like, this is, this is good. Like, let's do this. Because even at the moment when we were in the, like, conception, like, you know, the fun part, I was still like, I don't know about this. But we ended up losing that pregnancy around, like, seven, eight weeks and also, in that moment when we were going through the miscarriage, it also just completely solidified. Like, I mean, I was devastated, as you know, understandably so. But like, in my core, I was like, I just felt that loss so deeply. Like, I was already imagining like what life would be like with with this other human. And so, it also again, like that loss really solidified that like we're ready. To, I'm ready to do this. And so, you know, we, we rested, waited, went on progesterone supplementation because that was one of the issues that they had like noticed when I was losing the pregnancy and we got pregnant again, relatively quickly, all things considered. And that was, that was Cammy. That was Cammy. And I don't know. It's like, I don't know, Laura, maybe you can attest to this too. Like, I'm sure you'll, you'll share your story for me. I never wondered if I was going to like be able to love this the second kiddo as much as the first. Like I knew that that was not going to be the problem. It was more me considering the, my capacity, like my my like literal capacity. Like, will I be able to like nurse and like nurse a, a tiny baby who needs me, and also engage with Bear who also needs me in different ways. Like, will our family unit be able to like manage all of this this stuff that comes with another person? And so that was like my big question. And I, I I'm gonna have more more thoughts around it too. But maybe we can kind of do a little back and forth, especially with like the early because yours is like super fresh. I feel like Laura, how were y'all? Like, I mean, what was it like for you? I am an eternal optimist, as you know. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I was kind of like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fine. And it wasn't truly until like, you know, and, and I was very aware, especially towards the end of pregnancy. I think my biggest concern was always Evie and would I have enough? Like I knew we could do it. And like, you know, Rusty's stresses, stressors were more like financial <clears throat> and sleep. That was really, we had a hard time with sleep with Evie. And so for him, I know that was a big, like, a big stressor for him was, are we going to sleep? I don't, I don't think I can do that again. (laughs) And then also, you know, making sure that 
both girls, he, he thinks through everything. He's a, he's a one, like, you know, he had way more stress about it than I did. And it wasn't really wasn't until like those final weeks, to be honest, you know, again, it was like right around the holidays and just like slowing way down and way more retrospective and introspective. And, uh, you know, I, I shared in my birth story for Indy that I, when I laid down with Evie, you know, in labor after my water had broken, she didn't know. And I was just laying with her and crying. Because I think there was a little bit of mourning that loss of like just us, us two. It's for so long. I mean, us three, obviously with Rusty, but that mother daughter, like our, we have, it's just it such a powerful relationship. And of course it's changed in some capacities as Indies come into our world. But I have to remind myself too, that it's also changing not bad, not, you know, without any sort of like quantifier as she gets older. And that's a part of it too. Like she's five and a half, she's almost six. There's like a natural, and from my experience in talking to friends, you could maybe attest to this, like a little bit of a natural shift of things as they move from like new, new baby to toddler to, as they need mama less in some ways. And of course she's still, I'm her person when it comes to feeling big feelings and like nighttime snuggles and still play and whatnot, but like she, I'll be totally transparent. She prefers Rusty for imaginary play to me. And it took me a little while to like not take that personally. And then I'm, I'm reflecting, I'm like, is it because I'm with Indy more and all of this? And I'm like, no, I think first of all, he's better at it. And second of all, I think there is from talking to a lot of friends, there's a natural progression that happens where as kids reach a certain age, like they're going to want dad for more things and they're going to want their friends over you sometimes. And, and then just like coming, like leaning into that and having, I think that transition happen, you know, also, in Indy's first year of life, there's been some, there's been some hard stuff, but there's also been a lot of like kind of beautiful conversations because she's also at an age where we can have really incredible conversations. And if I have a day where like, ah, shit, like I was not my best today. You know, I was overwhelmed. I was not as patient as I wanted to be. There, there was that moment, you know, at like two o'clock where I should have just closed my computer and sat with her and played the game but I told her one minute and then time escaped us, you know, and I just, I will ruminate on this stuff. And then every night we lay down together and I'm like, you know, earlier today when this happened, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And she'll just be like, sometimes she wouldn't even remember it. Or at least she, she says like, she, it doesn't really occur to her though. I, I'm sure it's impacted her on some level, but she was just like, it's okay, mama, you know? And, and just having that like deep breath at the end of every night where I know no matter how the day goes, I get to lay with her. We have these rituals and I get to talk to her. And she's at an age where she, I know that she's internalizing some of it. And also sometimes we'll have all like come to her with something really deep about what happened in the day and how I'm feeling and how I'm wondering how she's feeling. And she'll be like, what's your monster? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. get to the monster. <laughs> uh-huh. Sometimes I'm like, she doesn't want to tap into that right mm-hmm. now. And that's also, I need to remember like she, it's like this combination of <clears throat> my gosh, she's five and a half closer to six now than five. And I know what she's capable of emotionally. She's like a very like emotionally mature child as far as I can tell, you know, but then also reminding myself like, Oh, she's also just five and a half. And mm-hmm. so like when she grabs something from Indy or like gets frustrated with her sister, like I can't, I don't want to snap at her mm-hmm. or be super frustrated with her because she's also gone through a major transition in this, this year of like this other person coming into the world. And we try and talk to her a ton about why Indy does get more fewer, like track minutes of attention. Mm-hmm. Like, Indy gets more. She's with us all night. She needs us in ways that Evie doesn't. And I think, you know, because she's at a certain age, if she forgets that sometimes we're able to remind her that it's, you know, like why that is and how she's significantly more helpless and, and all of that. But yeah, I, I, it's interesting, man. There's just the transition to two has been overwhelmingly wonderful, but there's hard stuff and I'm not going to say there there isn't, you know, I mean, anyone saying that there's not any challenges to it is 
I mean, I'll just be frank. Like, that's just can't be true. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, bullshit. <laughs> unless you have, like, a live-in nanny who's, like, taking every single aspect that, like, yeah. I but mean, even th- that, I would argue that there's challenges there because biologically, yeah. like, we want to be the one doing the thing for the babies, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And when we just started having someone come, like, every other week, so the rest of the day I can go on a date. And I'm still, like, ugh, worried, you know? Yeah. It's, like, ridi- yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. There is no, there's no getting around the challenges. In my opinion, there's whether you have help or don't have help, then there's like the guilt around not being the Mm -hmm, one. And mm -hmm. we've been struggling with that all year. Like we don't feel comfortable with her, with Indy being out of the house for any sort of care right now outside of us. Uh, We're fine having someone come here, but we haven't found the right person. And we just, we just started having Kennedy come. And, but then there's also the guilt. We're like, okay, is she better off? Like with me sometimes working when it's just she and me and she's awake or have, you know, it's just like a, it's a whole, there's no perfect. And you just, it's like all about like what's best for each individual family for sure. Hey friends, Laura here, popping in real quick to talk about Paleo Valley. Should come as no surprise that I love this company. I've been using them since well before Evie was born and now all the way through motherhood, travel, second pregnancy, Indy's birth and beyond. And today I want to talk specifically about the organ complex. I have found that this product has been the single most beneficial supplement for my postpartum experience. It's helped with recovery. It's helped nourish me deeply. There, in my opinion, is no stronger superfood than grass-fed organs. And this pill makes them easy to take, palatable, and simple to get that deep, deep nourishment. You can save 15% off any Paleo Valley order with code modernmamas at checkout or simply go to paleovalley.com slash modernmamas. Happy nourishing. To offer you some comfort, I read something recently. I Gosh, I don't even, I'm going to butcher it again because it's like, it was one of those things I read, I think on Instagram or something, but it was from a reputable source, but it was talking about how children really need, I think it was like five adults in their life that significantly like spend time with them and like impact them. They like learn, they learn how to interact with different, I mean, five trusted adults, mind you, like a teacher or an uncle or a a Grammy or a babysitter, like a caregiver. And then it really like plays a major role in like shaping like their worldview. And I think to some extent, like I mean, maybe this is just me seeking for comfort when we do, you know, have to leave our kids or when they started going to school full time and away from us. It was like, this is good. Like, this is good. These We trust these adults. They're going to pour into our kids in different ways. And it goes, the, it's the same when you think about like Evie and Rusty's relationship and the things that they really connect on. It's beautiful. It's beautiful that they share something that you and her don't. And I, you know, initially, admittedly, too, in that transition when Cam- Camille was born, Bear was like my baby. He was like a mama's baby. Like he loved the milkies. He loved like me for all the things. And it was wonderful. And I loved it. It was exhausting from time to time because, you know, he hadn't yet really embraced him in that role as like the snuggler and the, the player, like, you know, all of that. But when Camille was born, it was this beautiful opportunity. And if anyone else out there is like, you know, in that same situation as we were, it was this really beautiful and necessary opportunity for Tim and Bear to form the bond, like this bond that they have now that is incredible. Like, it's incredible. It just truly, like, warms my heart. You know, like, he's become... I think Bear still comes to me for a lot of, like, the comfort and the reassurance. 
you know, which is wonderful. I love that. I love being that person for him. But he goes to his dad now for a lot of different things. And at first it was hard for me to be like, why doesn't he want to ask me those questions? Or like, why doesn't he want to wrestle with me? But they just have like, it's good. It's good that they share things that we don't share, like that he and I don't share. And same goes for Camille. Like, and, and it goes through phases too, I feel like. So anyone out there considering this, like sometimes it feels like, oh my gosh, this child wants nothing to do with me. Or like, I'm not getting enough time with the older sibling or the younger one for various reasons and seasons of life. Like, I feel like that is just an endless ebb and flow. And so like, we've gone through moments where Camille, who was this like snuggly little, like tiny baby who like just loved me and was just obsessed with me pretty early on. I think I've shared on the podcast too. She developed a a giant preference for Tim (laughs) for whatever reason. They're very similar in a lot of ways. And it hurt me. It hurt me so bad. I'm almost ashamed to admit. I was just like, what is wrong? Why does she love me? And now it's like the pendulum is swinging back around. And it's like, it's incredible. Like every day when she leaves for school, she's like not clinging to me in a like tearful way, but just like, I love you so much. Like hugging me. Bye mama. And like waving back and like rolling down the window. Like, bye. I love you. Cause Tim takes him to school. And it's like, oh my gosh. And we've been snuggling every night too. And those are like the sweetest moments because we haven't always gotten to do that or she didn't want me to. And we've been snuggling and she's just sharing her heart with me and just loving every minute of it. And so sweet when I leave, like, I love you so much, like have sweet dreams. And like just maybe even a year ago, we weren't there. So all that to say, I think there's endless ebbs and flows in the amount of attention that a kid requires from us, needs from us, or wants from us. There's endless ebb and flows of what each partner is serving, like the role they're serving in each kiddo's life. And then there's endless ebb and flows of the other adults that we allow to come in and pour into our children. And I I personally, people might disagree. Like, I think that's important. I think it's important for them to start to, when it's appropriate and when it's a trusted person, to develop relationships with people outside of ourselves. You know what I mean? Totally. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that too. And I'm glad you said it because it kind of jogged me a little bit to, to touch on that because our first, Indy's first year, we, in our minds were moving. Rusty was working a 40 hour work week and it was Indy and me like all the time, mm-hmm. all the time, you know, and she didn't really know anybody else. She wasn't super comfortable with anybody else. And that's, that's been, that was very apparent. Like it was mm-hmm. like, and, and then it also took, and I don't want to share too much about this because this is Rusty's story and I'm going to be interviewing him soon and he might touch on it, but like they had to do some work that, mm-hmm. um, Eliza kind of inspired when it came to like their relationship and, and, and D opening up to him more. And once that shift happened, it was like overnight, like mm-hmm. it was equal, maybe mm-hmm. not equal. Cause I got the boobs, but <laughs> you know, I'm sure we solved that problem. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more of like the space holder, but she adores him. Mm-hmm. And I can already see the like play happening even at one where he's just so good at it. So anyways, this whole year, it's been like just me and then just me and daddy. And we're just starting to trickle in like Kennedy's coming. But now that we know we're making this commitment to stay here, mm-hmm. I feel a lot more comfortable having her having like, you know, now we're doing a lot more. We have like some really, really core friend groups, friend couples, friend families. And we're starting to be more consistent with like scheduling like a weekly or biweekly hang. And I'm so excited to have her get to know those grownups and those kids better and like have those deep relationships form. But I was hesitant because she's only one. I didn't mm-hmm. want her to get attached, you know, to these adults and then, 
and then just and leave. Mm-hmm. We thought we'd be moving like by now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just such, been such a beautiful shift, I think, mentally and emotionally for me in this release of like, okay, we're here. These relationships are, are forever. And same with Evie, you know, she was falling in love with this forest school and making new friends. And this whole time I'm like, oh man, this is getting harder and harder. Mm-hmm. The thought of pulling her away is like breaking my heart. And she has it for a moment been bummed about not moving Mm -hmm, the only mm -hmm. thing you know is grammy but like as far as like staying here she's i I can see the relief so Mm -hmm. you know now we're taking indy every time we go we used to like divide and conquer where rusty would take evie to to jujitsu or vice versa and the other one would stay home but now we're bringing indy and so she gets to like crawl around on the mat we go 15 minutes early and she's getting to know that coach who's also our naturopath Mm -hmm. and so i do i do i i I couldn't agree more i think it's important I, I have a hard time with trust. You know, mm-hmm. we've had people come on the podcast and talk about like assault and oh, this absolutely. might be, you know, I just like, it is a huge, that's one of my biggest fears. And so I'm not really, I know you guys have your like one family and I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll have ours that you would feel comfortable with sleepovers and stuff like that. But it's like finding those people and just leaning in hard and, mm-hmm. and leaning into trust and, but also doing the work and asking yeah. the questions. Yeah. Like we talked, Feather came on the podcast, I believe that was her name, and talked about like child safety. And you could go search for that one, Feather, child safety. And, you know, she she gave like a list of specific questions to ask, like Mm -hmm. unabashed and unapologetic. Mm -hmm. I have Mm -hmm. no problem with that. So anyways, that kind of took a tangent, but I No, I think it's important because it goes to that community aspect of like, Mm -hmm. I think it becomes even more important to tie it back into the topic that we're talking about. When you're considering having a second, it becomes even more important perhaps to have that community or someone, somebody, somebody else outside of your family unit that you might need to lean on, right? Like we weren't necessarily meant to raise kids solo, like in the beginning. And I think what makes it really hard sometimes that transition is when you do feel like you're alone, you know, like you can't rely on anyone else for what, for various reasons. There's so many reasons why we're kind of in this like era of where we don't necessarily have access to like a a big community that we trust. But I do think it's like, those are things to think about, right? Like if you're going to add a second kiddo into the mix, like, is there someone, is there anyone (laughs) like near you that you can trust to kind of be that person to call when you just need help, right? Like outside of your family unit. So I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm glad you, yeah, I'm tying it back in because we, two weekends ago before the, we left for this gymnastics course or through, I don't remember the beginning of January, <laughs> we went to this event at our gym and they're going to start having it every first Friday of the month where it's like a, a basically a happy hour just for gym members. And you go at five 30 and watching Indy cruise around and like, she, I can feel her comfort growing. And this is our, these are our people. And she started to see them on a regular basis, just building in that consistency. And I'm like, one more reason, like we're here, we're home. We have this community. And I was in a season. I still am where I'm like, oscillating back and forth between like, I just want to like hunger down in my house with my people, just us core and not see anybody to like 10 minutes later. I'm like, Oh my God, I need social time. (laughs) (laughs) And to be able to have the kinds of friends, especially with two kids where there's an understanding of like, I might cancel on you last minute because capacity Mm -hmm. and headspace and mental health. And like, how are both kids doing now? It's not just like, how is my mental Mm -hmm. health? It's like, how is Evie doing? How is Indy? Mm -hmm. How was last night? How'd we sleep? And to have friends who just get it and are like, no problem. Or yeah. to be able to call someone, hey, can you meet up in 15 minutes at the winery and grab a glass of wine? I need to talk. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be kids like crawling and running around. I'm going to have my boob out. And also they get that. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm never more than now that we have two, especially at these ages, have I, I feel like needed that more. Mm-hmm. And to finally have it here has made, it's just kind of to bring it back to like, you know, things I've been sharing on a greater scale over the past few months. Like it's just solidifies that mm-hmm. decision too. Mm-hmm. Raising two kids, 
two plus. I know some people are listening like, hey, I'm on my fifth. You don't even know. <laughs> you guys are amateurs. We've got five kids over here. <laughs> if I'm going to give any advice, solicited or not, it's like try and find your people mm-hmm. because doing it alone, you are going to be your kid's person, mm-hmm. you and your partner, you know, whatever the situation is. But having other people to support, not just them, but also you is pretty important. Yeah. And I think answering the question of like, how will you know if you're ready? Cause I think that was kind of how one of them was phrased in our DMS was like, how do you know when you're ready to have another kid? I think it goes in. There's so many factors, right? Like you, Laura admitted, like I'm just an eternal optimist. And so I was like, we'll figure it out. And that's not everyone. Right. So like for you, it was just like, am I, do I feel ready in my heart? Do I feel ready? Right. And then for someone else, it might be a process of like making a list of pros and cons, right? Like you might have someone who really wants to like feel secure in certain areas before they move on. And if that's you, like do that, right? Like, I don't think we ever made a list, but we talked about it. Like we really talked about what that would look like and what the the financial situation would be for us. Because for us, we would have to pay like for second childcare, right? Because I was working full time. And so like, do we have the money for that? Right. And I'm, I'm an optimist in a lot of ways. Like, oh, we'll figure it out. Like the money, we'll find the money somewhere. Right. But for some people, like it really might be like, we legitimately do not have the funds currently to pay for daycare. So, okay. Does that mean I stay home? Can we do that? Like there are a lot of questions that might need to be answered logistically for some people. And then for other people, like, it's just a matter of like, yeah, let's do it. Let's pull the goalie and like go for it. <laughs> so not to be crass, but I, I do love being crass. Pull that goalie, <laughs> pull that goalie. I think I talked about this on the podcast. We went from, we were like, okay, let's just stop preventing. And like, mm-hmm. that doesn't compute in my brain. Mm-hmm. And after the, after the whole cycle, like the night we conceived Indy, Russ and I had this big talk. He's like, listen, we went from like not preventing to urgently trying. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. And then yeah. that night, we made her, but it was, we needed that good conversation. Yeah. But yeah I, I don't know. It's, it, that's an interesting thought too. to have another friend who might be listening. Hi friend. I love you. Had a similar situation just happen where they're like, okay, let's kind of just maybe start considering. And then it's like, boom, <laughs> call that baby in. Yeah. And how I have a question. I don't know if you know the answer to it. Maybe you'll go talk about it in Rusty's episode, but like, I know you said Rusty, it even like took like mm. a few weeks before she was born. Like, how did y'all get to a point because I'm sure there are people out here listening where like one partner's ready and the other partner's not for oh, whatever so reason. How did you get to that point where you were able to both move forward into like stepping into like, okay, let's try this. Like I'm not necessarily, maybe Rusty is not necessarily ready, quote unquote, but like mm-hmm. you decided okay. to go for it. Yeah, I, I, know, he, I know you're not like the bullying type, like, well, we're doing this anyway, because I want it. So no, there's got to be like a good, in a relationship. Yeah. That would be, our big thing was like, we don't want to enter into ever having a child. <clears throat> not, we don't want to do it for Evie. Because there's the whole argument of like, mm-hmm, I want my kid mm-hmm. to have a sibling, which if that's where you are, I'm not judging. That's just not mm-hmm. what we wanted, especially given like Rusty's history with his brother and whatnot. It's like, we, we just, we didn't want that pressure on Evie or on Indy to like have this incredible relationship because we don't get to decide what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. Though I do believe the way you nurture a relationship with siblings is important. Anyways, so it wasn't that we didn't want to, we wanted to make sure that wasn't the reason. And then we also wanted to make sure that like his, that both of our hearts were open to like loving another child. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't it for him. For mm-hmm. him, it was like the logistics of finances was, mm-hmm. was huge. Things have been up and down and rocky and wild for years for us with just a number of things and lack of stability and spending a lot of money on the road and like all of that. And so, and then at the time too, we were like, we were, I would say at that time, we were pretty sure we were staying here, but we weren't like a hundred percent. And then he got the job as a firefighter. 
And that was a big turning point for all of us at the time. Like that was the career he was wanting to move towards. We knew we would have that solid income. And then in the off season, he could be coaching. We could like squirrel away money when, you know, he wasn't doing fire. And so I think it was, it was truly, it was like that getting, getting hired and knowing Mm -hmm. that job was coming and then kind of wanting to time it so that he wasn't going to be gone like when the baby was here. So I was like, okay, well let's do this. Let's start to like have this conversation, like maybe start this process because then you'll be gone when I'm pregnant versus like, if we wait much longer, then maybe you'll be gone when we have this new baby and it'll be nice if I have some time. So anyways, rather have you gone at like six months postpartum than that, like when this baby's coming. So for, for him, like the final catalyst I think was just like having that financial security that made it like this, this can work, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. so, and, you know, also having good conversations around, like, listen, if, if this baby isn't sleeping, you go sleep on the couch or you go sleep with Evie mm-hmm. because we don't, I'm de- we're definitely not also like the tit for tat trade off. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we both should be, you know, it should be equal. The postpartum season that early, it's not equal. Mm-hmm. I need, I need someone who could take care of me mm-hmm. and, and Evie, I need you to be sleeping. Mm-hmm. So I think just making that abundantly clear also was also good and mm-hmm. I think he just came to a point where like he was he wasn't ready and I I think I'm you call it woo-woo whatever you want like I think Indy talked to him mm-hmm. I think there was a conversation I think that she however she did it she like made herself like hey I'm 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 here and I'm waiting because mm-hmm. I you know I believe we call babies in and babies speak to us and and all of that so yeah I don't know there wasn't like I, I do think like the main turning point that was more of like a practical like let's okay was him getting that job mm-hmm and then everything went wild from there. You know, he got laid off because of COVID stuff and just, you know, it, it was very, it was choppy there for a little bit, but then everything worked out, you know, the way, again, like there were some really hard moments, but now we're here this year postpartum and with two kids and like truly, truly, like, I think we're at a place where we can take some deep breaths and mm-hmm. manifest what we actually want. Like, this is our mm-hmm. family. We're putting down roots there. We have us four. This is it. This is our home. We're putting down roots. So now it's like, let's put down roots and commit to like the career and the path and the journey that we want Mm -hmm. moving forward and not just like take this job because we need the money. It's like, no, what do we want to do? We're going to be okay. We're resourceful. But that first year, it's like, let's just, let's make sure that we are, you know, we're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And now it feels, it does feel like we can really commit and pursue what we want. So yeah, I don't know. Financial security, which then was, it's kind of comical because that wasn't, but we just needed that moment of, of. I mean, obviously it was good for him to have a season of, of fire, but yeah, just a lot of clarity there. So I think it also reinforced for you guys, like things will come mm-hmm. like, you know, even though the fire stuff didn't work out, like you said, you guys are resourceful. Like you will find mm-hmm. a way to support yourselves and new things, new opportunities will come in, in and others will leave and like, yeah. you'll be okay. It's, it's ebb and a flow. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's my t- my yin to my yang of like mm-hmm. I'm the eternal optimist. Like everything's gonna be fine all the time, and he's like, yes, I see you, but also like <laughs> we have to make sure of that. <laughs> we have to do our part. <laughs> yeah, I get, like, that. Oh, yeah. I get that. You know, I get that. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Good balance. And also, How about you guys, what was what, like the? Yeah, I mean, I don't. It was it was me, my reluctance. Tim is always. I mean, when it comes to like, I mean, we're both very like financially like you know, we're budgeters and we're very aware, but anytime we talk about kids, Tim, my husband, who is like the budget King is like, ah, don't worry about the money. Like we'll figure it out. Like he, when it's, he's got a soft spot for like, I don't know, wanting more kids. Like he will just be like, 
that's that's not an issue for him. He is fine with the sleep. Like he did well with the sleep, the lack of sleep. I mean, granted, he wasn't the one like nursing all night long <laughs> with Bear. Um, so there wasn't a lot of hesitancies on his part, to be totally honest. He really adapted. I mean, there were some rough patches when Camille was born, I think that transition was a little bit more difficult for him. And I think we talked about that on the episode that Tim and I did on when we did like our 10 years of marriage, like he was very open about that. Like there was a point, a very low point for him after Camille was born, but going into it, he was like, let's do it. Like I'm ready whenever you are. But for me, that reluctance was, I was scared that the second, like subsequent experiences were going to be the same as my first experience. And that really scared me because I was like, oh my gosh, this was so hard. Like I'm willingly choosing like this hard thing. And I had to do a lot of work around letting go and not projecting that experience onto whatever was to come. Because as we all find out when we do have a second kiddo, it's just completely different. And in a lot of ways it's the same because you are like, you are who you are and you're kind of coming from a similar approach, but in so many ways it's different. Number one, I had to tell myself, even if this pregnancy and delivery and labor and postpartum is the exact same, which it won't be, even if it is the exact same, I have lived through it. I have been through it. I have tools now. I have perspective. I have, I know things to do to support myself. I know what to do and what not to do, right? Like uh, it will, even if it's exactly the same, it won't be the same because I'm a different person with different experiences. And I feel like that translated. I mean, my pregnancy was different in a lot of ways, in a lot of good ways. Um, a lot more rest <laughs> for me. My delivery was completely different. Recovery was completely different. Camille was completely different, baby. Our sleeping situation was completely different. And a lot of that was because I've, I don't know, it's like, I feel like, at least for myself, that first baby Barrett, I had no idea what I was doing. I was constantly Googling. I was up all night with my phone out. They're like, what's this noise mean? Like, what should I do this? Like asking and asking and asking people like what I should do. Never, ever trusting myself and my instincts like at all. And this is just me. This is my experience. Not saying that it's the same for everyone else. And with the second one, I finally was able to like just tap into like my instinct and my gut and like just do what felt right. Like I remember with Barrett, I was trying to do this like very rigid like day structure and like to get him to sleep and like just, oh gosh. And once I, for me, once I released all of those like shoulds, my experience was completely different with Camille and I'm like taking a deep breath because I feel that in my body. Like I feel like it was such a deep breath and like a deep exhale and a deep like knowing. And I'm not saying that like it was all butterflies and rainbows. Like it was very challenging in a lot of aspects. Like, you know, Camille had ties and she was like nursing difficulties. And I had, gosh, I've lost the term for it where you have like ejac- ejaculation, ejection, <laughs> ejection dysmorphia. Oh my gosh, the word is escaping me. Where I felt like intense anguish and depression, like every time I had a letdown when she was nursing. Like it was tricky. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, it was very, very tricky. And also, it was easier in a lot of ways because Ooh. I knew that this too would pass and we would get through this and I wasn't going to 
I wasn't going to be like catastrophically destroyed by it all. But like I had the ability to like be strong through it and also to get support when I wasn't strong. So I don't know. That was kind of a tangent. Have you heard of Foria? It's a company that is loved far and wide by folks who've had their sex lives transformed by these holistic, powerful products. And now I see why. They've been especially wonderful through this postpartum period for me when a little extra lubrication is key. Rusty and I have used the Intimacy Sex Oil with CBD and it's the perfect lube to provide all natural moisture with 400 milligrams of broad spectrum CBD to enhance arousal, soothe and excite. We also love the Awaken Arousal Oil. And of course, all four of your products are free of added chemicals and only made from two organically grown ingredients. And you know what's sexy? discomfort-free, top-notch, pleasurable intimacy. I want to be totally honest, being married 10 years plus two kids later, sex and intimacy has definitely seen its ups and downs for us, but there's no shame in exploring different ways and products that enhance our sexual experiences, which is why we're so excited to announce we're partnering with Foria, a company using all natural and plant-based ingredients to intensify sexual pleasure and relieve discomfort. We are all about the Awaken Arousal Oil with CBD, which is a topical oil to enhance pleasure, discomfort and help increase sensitivity for people with vulvas that's me you can use it solo or with a partner and it is next level sexy time has definitely leveled up over here plus cbd used topically helps increase blood flow relax muscles and ease tension and manage discomfort gently and naturally all around wins so awesome friends i can't recommend for you enough I think it's time to treat yourself to deeper, fuller pleasure and connection, both on your own and with your partner. And these products are your ticket to all of that. Foria is offering a special deal for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order by visiting foriawellness.com forward slash modern mamas or use code modern mamas at checkout. That's F O R I A wellness.com forward slash modern mamas for 20% off your first order. Enjoy. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. Like, you you went through, it's, I feel like they came in the order they were supposed to come. Yeah, absolutely. For, lack of a, for, you know, for lack me, of, for sure. For, yeah. Yeah. Because that, imagine, like, the same challenge. And, of course, that you had challenges there, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It all happens the it way all it's supposed to. It all happens the way it's supposed to. And all that to say, like, if you are, if you feel like you're in a good place, and I mean, not perfect, not a perfect place because that's not possible. But if you feel like you're in a place where you can like go forward, seek help when you need it, like have some self-awareness, like just, I mean, I, I think go for it. <laughs> like all <laughs> things considered. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you advice. have a community, like yes. if you have people who you can rely on mm-hmm. when things get hard mm-hmm. and if you have open communication with your partner, I think those are, those two things are paramount. Like mm-hmm. if you have open communication with your partner and it's not going to be like a tit for tat and just, I don't know, bringing kids in the world from a pretty good place with of communication and openness mm-hmm. and empathy mm-hmm. and remembering, I'll never forget someone telling me like, Hey, once you have a kid, it starts with one. It's never going to feel like you're taking like your fair share of the load mm-hmm. because there is more now, there is more than two people's fair share. So I can mm-hmm. guarantee you, you're both taking more in mm-hmm. some capacity. Mm-hmm. That was huge. And then, and then it's just amplified with two. So like the animosity piece, and, and I get it. Like there's been moments where I'm like, oh, like a little frustrated and mm-hmm. can't even put my finger on why it's because I need to put that frustration somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it's just like trying to come back to intimacy, empathy, and knowing that it's like, it's tough on both of you. Yeah. And I, instead of like, for me, the big shift is, is like not animosity, but like shared 
hardship or challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge you're taking mm-hmm. on together. And like, mm-hmm. we have like the nightly high five or fist bump or like kiss or sex where it's like, we did it. Mm-hmm. We, <laughs> we made did it through day. another day. <laughs> yeah. And we always try to talk like, okay, here was what was great. Here's what was hard. Yeah. I'm fucking tired. It's yeah. seven. I'm going to bed. I love you. Yeah. yeah. Here's a butt tap and I'll yeah. see you in the morning. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. Uh, and I just interviewed Tiana. Oh, for I'm you so yesterday. excited it for that so episode. Good. And if I can give one more piece of advice, take it or leave it. Tell me I'm psycho, but if you can prioritize sex and it doesn't have to be, she talked about this too, which is funny because Russ and I talked about this when we were on the road. It doesn't have to be P in the B. P in the B. If you can prioritize Instantaneously, I'm turning into a teenage boy as we talk about I'm so glad you did this conversation with Kiana. (laughs) Anyways, continue. So good. But she just talked about the ways in which like sex and passion and pleasure, like, how, first of all, it's one of the most important things we can do with our partner in terms of connection. And then also for ourselves, like mm-hmm. post-orgasm. I mean, it, she, we, she said something along the lines of like, it changes the way we like perceive the world. It's true. I know that if, if I've gone too long and then, and then we have sex and I'm like, oh, oh, oh yes. Okay. Like deep breaths, a little bit mm-hmm. of like, everything has like a, a glow to it. So moving into two, one thing that we did also was to bring it back to the conversation was still prioritizing sex. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and again, however that looks for you, we, cause in the, and when, in that interview, we we're talking about like, you know, pleasure is important beyond the bedroom. I'm like, or wherever might be the kitchen, might be the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, we bed share with Indy. And so it's like, you make it happen where you make it happen. But yeah. yeah, if you can prioritize that in any capacity, even if it means penciling it in sometimes, or just giving that like, look like in the morning, you know, like, Hey, tonight, Mm-hmm. And then you can check back in. There's been times when we'll say like, hey, tonight. And then we're both like, okay, tomorrow. But even just knowing it's on both of your minds is mm-hmm. pretty important. So. Oh, totally. And also to go back to something you said, like, and something I've been ruminating on, because sometimes in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'll do this for Tim. I'll do this mm. for him. And like, I'm sacrificing, but I'm not really sacrificing because I'm also getting something yeah. I mean, what, for me, at least personally, it's like, maybe my mind's not there initially, and I'm like, I'll do this because I'm tired or whatever. In the end, it still feels pretty friggin' good for me as well, and I think it's a win-win. <laughs> like you kind of said, like, win. you still walk away with this, like, at least for us, because it's like really, I mean, it's just part of our relationship. It's an important part of our relationship. We, we both walk away taking something really good from that encounter. And it's just connecting. It's like, you can't always connect during the day. Like, you know, and we work to, we work in the same, literally the same room together 24 mm-hmm. seven. And so sometimes like, that's, that's just the way, you know, mm-hmm. and it, and it ends up being great for everyone. At least, at least for us. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, it well, feels good. Yeah. That's great. Sex, babies, yeah. not knowing empathy. There's. I don't know if we necessarily gave anyone like concrete tools. I don't think we ever really do, but if anything, we can offer just maybe some perspective Mm -hmm. things that you maybe never considered if you're thinking about like making that leap and and some solidarity because it's a hard decision. It really is. Yeah. And it's a profound one. (laughs) Yes. It's profound. I mean, you are literally bringing in a human that you're going to care for. You're committing to for the rest of your life caring Mm -hmm. for. And it's, it's sacred, you know, it's important. It's the it most is. important. And I want to circle back to like one last thought that I have, you know, you talked about with bear, how it was like, you were up all night on Google and the difference between that feeling and moving through motherhood with a little bit more of like tuning into your gut and like what feels good. And 
and that kind of thing and talking to real life people versus like, oh man, the cesspools of like chat chats mm-hmm. or whatever they're called on the internet. So if, again, a piece of advice perhaps is to like, if you're able, maybe start the work beforehand of like leaning into trusting your gut a little mm-hmm. bit more because no one knows what's best for your baby better than you do, your babies mm-hmm. as you move into mm-hmm. two. And maybe also what worked really well for number one, it might be totally different for number two. Mm-hmm. Or by, the other way around, you know, like the aware parenting cry and arm stuff for us has been so, it's been exponentially mm-hmm. even better with Indy, just starting it even sooner. So just like tuning in, like what feels good to you? find your resources and find your people that just like when it, when it comes to like raising and helping raise mm-hmm. kids or whatever, like also who you can lean on when you have questions, who you trust versus like strangers on the internet and you never know where that stuff's coming and like who funded it and mm-hmm. all of that. I'm just so wary of like Googling first yeah. answers. Well, I mean, even us, it's like, I, I always hesitate on this podcast. I mean, th- this is like, we're almost in 300 episodes in like saying, this is the way like mm-hmm. this guest has all the information that you need to solve your problems like do this and you will figure have it all figured out like I will I personally will never say that even Mm -mm. if something works for me like even if I'm like I believe in it and I'm like this is amazing I want everyone to know about it I will never tell someone else that's what they should be doing because everyone's different every family's Mm -hmm. different every baby is different there are aspects I think that we can glean from from everything that we share here because we do it's very important to us that we, you know, resonate with whoever's like the guest is coming on in some way, shape or form. And so there's value in it because we believe there's value in it, but it's never going to be like, at least for me, like do it, do aware parenting a hundred percent full on the go all of the time. Cause it's just, it might not be the best totally. fit for Every someone family's else. Different. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I love that clarification. Yeah, totally. And, and I will be a hundred percent honest. Like I feel like, when, when I had Bear nine years ago, yes, the internet was a place. Yes, you know, I could Google things and there were forums and stuff. But even since then, it has gotten exponentially harder to me to parent and mother in the current like social climate of social media <laughs> because it's so much more and everyone has a platform and the voices are so much louder and so much more polarizing and constantly it's like, you should do this. You should do this. You should do that. That's wrong. Like, blah, blah, blah. it's like, wow, like, golly, like there is no, there is no way to get it right. And someone's going to come for you. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just have a, so much empathy for people who are really going through it right now because it's gotten worse. And so I would just encourage you, all, like Laura said, just like maybe practice tuning those voices out and tuning into what feels good for you and what feels right for you. So that's my soapbox. I love it. It's a good way to end. It's like, yeah, we gave you this information, but just take if any of it that works for you. <laughs> totally. Totally. I think that's how I live my life giving quote unquote advice. It's like, here's what I did. Take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. Yeah. hundred percent. All right, friend. Well, that was good. Cool. Yeah, it was great. Thanks well, everyone. Yeah. For joining I, our Thursday morning chat. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we'll have a lot to catch up on the next recording since we're kind of skipping yeah. to catch up. So it'll be good. Sweet. All right, friends. All right. Thank you. Bye everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for, I was going to well, say stay, <laughs> stay warm out there. Stay cool, baby. Okay. <laughs> <Hey>, bye. Shaka. <laughs> Thanks for listening to our podcast. See you next time. Bye.